The big question is this, how do we use the seven step blueprint to help you or people you influence become more physically healthy than 98% of the people you know and in your community? That's what today's episode is all about. Let's get stuck into it straight away. Today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, thank you for joining me back here at episode number 45 of The Daily Drop. And today's episode, and the clue is given right there in the title, how much does unplanned and recreational physical activity contribute to lowering your risk of a cardiovascular event, the number one cause of sickness and death? Because if you've been listening to the show on a regular basis, what you'll remember from the whole premise of what I do is, if we're going to be invested in our own personal physical health status, why don't we tackle the thing that in the world of health education and physical activity is the number one thing that you could possibly get sick from, have a disease from, or possibly could end your life. And in fact, it's not number one by a little bit. It's number one, as the, what they used to say in the old music days when I was growing up as a child, we used to have this um, uh, famous radio announcer that came from America. If you're my age, you'll remember the name Casey Kasem. He was a person who every week would do Casey Kasem's top 40 songs in America. And we used to, I don't know why we got it here. We got it here on the radio and he used to say, number one with a bullet. Well, cardiovascular disease for decades has been number one with a bullet. 18 million people a year pass away from a cardiovascular event. Another 18 million people have a cardiovascular event. That cardiovascular disease is way more than just heart attack and stroke. But I won't go into that here. Number two, just as insidious, horrible, and a long way ahead of number three, are cancer events. 8.2 million people a year have a cancer event and will pass away from it, get diagnosed with a cancer event. Another about 8.2 million will have a cancer event and survive temporarily. So number one with a bullet. That's what the new science as physical health is all about, is tackling that area. But in particular, it also happens to spill over into the area of reducing your risk for cancer. If you reduce your risk for cardiovascular disease, you just reduce your risk for cancer. So here's the, here's the, the, the question, the driving question in today's episode. How much do things like, I'll just walk you through a couple of things, things that I I do, you will do, and you'll see your neighbors and your friends and your family doing. Mowing the lawn, taking pets for a walk, being involved in a physically active job of some kind where you might be on your feet for most of the day, doing recreational things with your family like going down to the beach or in the summertime like we do, go down to the beach or sometimes we even take our um, pet golden retriever down to the um, to a, like a river or a lake and go swimming down there for the afternoon, enjoy ourselves up and down, having some lunch up and down in the in the river, climbing trees. When we go to the beach, it's in the waves um, and just doing a bit of swimming and, or chasing the dog around, walking up and down the beach. How much does whatever you do on a holiday, if you go for a leisurely push bike ride, if you um, sometimes just take a walk with your pets and it's never usually very strenuous because you've got them on the lead, so particularly your dogs, of course, you've got them on a lead and you're not going at a very fast pace and sometimes quite often with pets, you're stopping and starting. How much does that gardening for the afternoon or a whole day, how much do those things, I call them 
unplanned physical activity or recreational physical activity. Non-sporty, not at a gym, not doing something dedicated at home where you've planned to get out there and um, be specific about your physical activity. How much of, you know, riding an indoor push bike, that's planned physical activity. But the other things, recreational, unplanned physical activity, how much do they contribute to causing health adaptations inside the human body that will drive down the risk of cardiovascular disease and a cancer event? The question becomes not only how much do those things contribute, but then how do you prove whether they've contributed? How do you calculate how do you validate? If you've mowed the lawn for the afternoon and done gardening, how do you validate how much that's contributed to lowering your risk? Here's the big question behind the, the, what I put in today's title is, is it creating enough health adaptations to make a difference? What I'm really saying is, are you almost believing that it's th- that gardening and mowing the lawn for a whole day so gardening and gardening and then doing a bit of lawn work as well, mowing the lawn. Are you under the false impression or is it the correct impression that that's enough to drive enough health adaptations to lower your risk of a cardiovascular event? Is it enough? Let's talk about now how we validate that. And this is this next section is why it's a follow-on from yesterday's episode. So I talked about the clinically validated health software that we have that you can get access to in the show notes. We'll show you, well, if you click a link in there, we'll, we will be able to send you access to the clinically validated peer-reviewed health software. Remember, there's something called an impact score. This is from yesterday's episode. If you haven't listened to it, get back and listen to yesterday's episode. So an impact score is created by the team from Professor Ulrich Wisloff in Norway. And he is a PhD in cardiology and exercise physiology, leads a team of 55 researchers. And the research that he has based the health software on is from the world's biggest heart study called the Hunt study. Won't go into any more detail than just that, but it's, but the impact score, and this is what the impact score actually means. Based on your heart rate, reaching a certain personalized level for you. As an individual, so you and I could do the same physical activity, and I could do it. At, I I could do less in terms of intensity, and you could do more of intensity, but we could get the same health adaptations. That happens because of a heart rate formula or a heart rate algorithm. I'm not going to go into the algorithm in this show. I've done. I do that inside my books, inside the courses we have, inside the different web classes that we have, all that type of stuff. So. The impact score is converting a person's heart rate into a number on a rolling seven days. In order to get the maximum protection from physical activity, you need to achieve 100 points so you can accumulate that over seven days. And over the next rolling seven days, stay at the 100 points on a daily basis. So I'll give you an example. I looked at today, I my health software tracked based on my heart rate and what I did that I had earned 13 impact points. And I ended up on, I ended up well over the 100 today, ended up on 129 impact points based on my heart rate. Now, here's the interesting thing. I did a bit of walking today. I had to go out of the house and I had to go to the shops and I had to walk around quite a fair bit. 
Came back home. I think I did a little bit of other stuff just around the yard outside. Nothing for too long, though. And by I did some planned physical activity today. And before I started my planned physical activity, I looked at the health software. And it told me that I'd earned one impact point before I did the planned physical activity. And then I did my planned physical activity. And then I finished on a total of 13 points, which means my planned physical activity earned me 12 impact points. And my unplanned stuff today earned me one point. Why is that? Because of the algorithm and the formula associated with heart rate. Here is a worldwide accepted physiological principle. If your heart rate doesn't go high enough for your age across the whole day, so let's take the 24 hours in a day, if it doesn't reach a high enough level, you won't earn impact points. Why won't you earn impact points? Because you are not causing any health adaptations inside the human body, which will then be the trigger mechanism to drive down your risk of a cardiovascular event in the future or your risk of a cardiovascular event. You're not creating the health adaptations. Let me give you an example of one of the health adaptations. Inside my web classes and books and courses and other things, we have two diagrams. One's called the impact quadrant. One's called the molecular benefit map. I won't go into either of them. That's for another show. Both of them are all about the molecular and physiological health adaptations from the correct dose of physical activity, which are the correct impact points. So what happens is that when I do things like walking the dog, mowing the lawn, doing gardening, walking around the shops, being on my feet all day if I had a job like that, um, all those types of things. My dad was a house painter. He had a relatively active job. He'd turn up to a work site. So he was had his own business. He'd turn up to a work site where he quoted a job and came to paint someone's house. He'd pull big tins of paint out, like quite large tins of paint out, one on either hand, walk him over to where he's going to start his job. He'd pull out what's called drop sheets so that the paint didn't spill on the floor inside a house. He'd pull out wallpaper rolls. He'd pull out ladders. He'd pull out trestles. He'd be able to so that he could stand high enough on his trestle and walk back and forth and paint a section. Then he'd get down, move the two ladders along, put the plank in between called a trestle, then get up, walk back up the ladder. He'd be having roller, like paint rollers to do the roof, inside roofs. Very active job. When he got, when I was a kid and he got home from the day, at the end of the day, I remember he was always exhausted. He worked hard for the day. Had that, does that hard work accumulate enough impact points to lower his risk or your risk or someone you know, their risk of the number one cause of sickness and death and also spill over to drive down the number two cause of sickness and death. Here's the answer to the question, okay? Very often, in almost all circumstances, unless you are doing hours and hours and hours and hours at a low heart rate level based on the algorithm that's inside the health software, unless you're doing that, you will not get enough impact points. Remember, these impact points, they're not like steps. They're not like calories. They're not like speed, measuring your speed in a physical activity. It's not like measuring the distance traveled in a physical activity. It's not like measuring the type of physical activity you're doing. It's not like calculating you know, how many steps you did this week versus how many steps you did last week. All of those things you cannot convert into health adaptations. The only thing you can do is convert heart rate into health adaptations. 
How many pieces of health software out there do that that are clinically validated and peer-reviewed from scientists around the world? This is the, the one that we use is the only one I know of. After 32 years, 33 years now, of being involved in health physical education, it's the only one I know of, the only one. That's why I think it's so impressive. So you'll have to do eight to 10 hours at a low heart rate to get the algorithm to calculate four points, five points, six points. The most I, my, what I do on a daily basis, some days of the week, not all of them, I'm walking around a lot from, you know, kilometer after kilometer after kilometer, some days of the week in the work that I do. The most I've earned of unplanned physical activity is once I earn seven points. And that was a big day of walking around, big day of, of being involved. There might have been a little bit of jogging in some of the stuff that I was doing. It's seven points. On the average day, when I'm on my feet throughout the day, I'll earn somewhere between two and four points, maybe five points, impact points. Now, if I accumulate those over the rolling seven days in the health software, I am light years below reaching 100 points on a rolling seven days and staying at 100 points. The mo- I would average 20 or 30. There are so many people who are under this impression that recreational physical activity and unplanned physical activity, like gardening all afternoon or walking in the pets or mowing the lawn or doing an active job, they're under the impression that it's enough to make them physically healthy. And the truth is, it's not. It just simply isn't enough. They're the only way, here's the health adaptation, because the only way you can generate the health adaptations to cause the trigger to be the tripwire that fall, makes your body fall into a state of improving its physical health outcomes is by getting an impact score using your heart rate, tracking it on the software. So here's an example of a health adaptation, one example of what I mean, and then I'll wind up today's episode, I'll be done. One example of this health adaptation is this, where every time you're physically active with the correct dose of physical activity, what is that? The health software tracks it. When you have the correct dose of physical activity, you release nitric oxide into the blood um, automatically, that your body just does that as a response to physical activity with the correct dose based on heart rate. That nitric oxide then goes into the lining of your artery on the inside wall of all your blood vessels. Do you know you've got enough blood vessels to wrap around the earth once? I know that sounds bizarre. I won't go into why that is, but here's a clue. Actually, no, we'll go into it. Well, this is, this is not a clue. This gives you one reason because it's such a fascinating thing to reveal to people. You have tiny air sacs in your lungs, like really tiny air sacs. Around every single air sac are blood vessels. They are capillary-like, very fine blood vessels around every air sac. You have two or three blood vessels, or sometimes four or five blood vessels, around one tiny air sac that allows oxygen to come in from the air you breathe and then through osmosis transfuse across that the air sac, lining of the air sac, into the tiny blood vessels and carry oxygenated blood to your heart. Guess how many air sacs you've got? Left lung, 250 million. Right lung, 250 million. 
you have 500 million air sacs in your lungs and you have blood vessels wrapped around every single one. That's one of the big reasons you've got enough blood vessels to wrap around the earth. You're not going to take them out of your body, but if you lay them end to end. So why did I get onto that track? I can't remember what it was now, but I thought that was really, I kind of lost the focus of where I was at. But back to what I'm saying, nitric oxide gets, oh, that's right, nitric oxide gets into the blood vessels, including the lining of the arteries, the the lining of the arteries, including in the lungs, 500 million air sacs, blood vessels around every one of them. That's just one section of your body. And then what it does is it makes it more flexible, less stiff. You don't get as much hardening of the arteries as you go from being a teenager to your 20s. That's right. Hear what I just said then. You get an increase in, in the stiffness or inflexibility of the blood vessels going from your teenage years to your 20s. Then it progresses more, more inflexibility from your 20s to your 30s, 30s to your 40s, 50s to your 60s, and it continues on. Unless you have enough nitric oxide going into the blood vessel wall to make it more elastic. Why do you want to make it more elastic? Inflexible or stiff blood vessels are the tripwire into causing diseases like high blood pressure, nasty disease, terribly dangerous, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So you don't want to, you don't want to get those things. What you need to do is have enough nitric oxide coming in on a regular basis to... One of the most important things is to have flexible blood vessels. Very, very important thing. I can't go into that, but it's a, it is a virtually a cask. If you have stiff arteries, inflexible blood vessels, it's virtually a cascade of diseases that will come off that as you move from your teenage years to your 20s to your 30s and so on and so on. And so many people don't get enough impact points So many people, millions and millions and millions around the world have no idea that this even happens. And they begin to develop conditions, precursor conditions that lead to a cardiovascular event. Those precursor conditions are almost certainly many of them are not going to, or not all of them, are not going to be there if you have the correct dose of physical activity. Does unplanned and recreational physical activity, the driving question of today's episode, contribute to those impact points? Yes, it does. Is it enough? No, it's not. It's just not. That's not how the human body works. So we can't tell you something and go, oh, you can just do that and it'll be enough. If that's what you're relying on, you're fooling yourself, unfortunately. All right, everybody, I'm going to wrap up with the show right here. Thanks for joining me and then coming through and addressing that question with me. I'm really excited to share that with you today because it really crystallizes the need for tracking an impact score and both planned, unplanned physical activity and bringing those two together to make sure that you get the health adaptations to drive down your risk because I don't want to have happened to your family or you what happened to mine where we lost my father when he was age 46 out of nowhere. And if he'd had today's episode, what we just went through, And yesterday's episode, he would have gone, maybe that's what I need to help save my life. And it would have, had he then gone and acted upon that. Everybody, if you want access to the software, click the links and um, send us some details and we'll give you everything you need to know on how to get access to that software. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Bye for now. Have a great day, wherever you're up to in your day. See you tomorrow's episode. Bye-bye.